I turned 25 this year, and 25 is an interesting age. I mean, you're still young enough to be figuring it out, but it's like society pulls the sympathy rug from right under you. It's a strange place to be. Anyway, I've learned a lot in a quarter century here on Earth, and here are seven things I wish I knew before I was 25 that honestly most people are just afraid to say. I purposely left out all the cliches, This is real, raw, and practical. So if you're 25 or younger, listen up. If you understand and apply these seven things, you will be leaps and bounds ahead of others who will simply be sheep and follow the status quo. Trust me. And if you're older than 25, see if you agree or disagree with what I'm about to say. And you might have some things that may need to be added to the list. Let's go. Yo, what's up, what's up? I am Clee the Visionary, and this is the Build Your Vision podcast, where we help you get clear, get confident, and get paid because the quality of your life is determined by the clarity of your vision. Amen? Amen. Okay, number one out of seven things I wish I knew before I was 25 is take yourself too seriously. Now, I could have just named this take yourself seriously, but I don't think you all would have got the point if I said just take yourself seriously. Take yourself too seriously. In fact, I did a whole episode on this. I believe this so much. It's episode 108. You can listen to the whole thing if you want to. I'll link it in the description. The point here is to never underestimate your influence. Too many times I downplayed my gifts either out of false humility or self-deprecation. I thought that if I was confident, then I would be viewed as arrogant, not just in my present ability, but my confidence in my future abilities. Here's the bottom line about this. If you know who you are, whose you are, and who you're called to serve, confidence is inevitable. When you know those three things, you will take your time seriously. You'll take your reputation seriously. You'll take your word seriously. All these things you will take seriously. And when you're around people who don't truly know who they are, don't know whose they are, and don't know where they're going in life, one of two things will happen guaranteed. You will either inspire them or you will offend them. There's there's no in between. You will either inspire them or offend them. Now, one might lead to the other and one might lead back to the other, depending on the order. But you can only have one emotion at a time. And it's going to be one of those two. What I wish I knew earlier was that I did not have to downplay myself or think lower of myself just to make sure other people didn't feel uncomfortable. I remember specifically there was a time where I said that I was going into business for myself And I said it in a way that was self-deprecating, but I was really trying to be serious about sharing what my new venture was. And the person that I shared it with kind of just laughed me off. And I couldn't be mad at them because I set it up as a joke. And it was in that moment that I said I would never not take myself seriously again. I know that was probably a double negative, but whatever. I am going to take myself too seriously because if I take myself too seriously, then that means others will take me seriously. Now, I'm not talking about taking yourself too seriously in a way that is arrogant or pompous. You got to keep in mind what the Apostle Paul, which is so wise to know, he says it in Romans 12, where he says, don't think too highly of yourself. And he's not saying not to be confident in who you are. He's saying not to think of yourself as better than anybody. If you are clear on who you are and what you want to do with your life, great. Don't look down on other people that may not be there yet. But also, don't look down on yourself because you have a mission. I said back in that episode 108, look, one of the most confident people in all of Earth's history, no doubt, 
had to be Yeshua HaMashiach, man. Like Jesus Christ was that guy. The text in John chapter 14 is probably one of the most goaded passages ever when, you know, Thomas is like, how do we know it's how do we know the way to the kingdom, Lord? And he's like, I am the way I am the truth, the life. I was like, yo, that's so crazy. Like this guy was literally up here saying that he was God in front of people he knew wanted to kill him. But he was so confident in who he was, what he came to do that it did not phase the dude. And I'm, I'm saying the dude in the most respectful way possible. Y- y'all hear what I'm trying to say. You either have to be extremely secure in who you are or a psychopath to say the things that Jesus was saying. But we also know strictly from history that Jesus is one of the most humble and meek people to ever walk the face of the earth. So it is possible to do both. Walk in humility. Never see yourself as better than someone else. But don't ever sell yourself short of who God created you to be. All right, number two, you are dying. Like when you're young, everyone says, you have time. You'll figure it out. Don't get in a rush. You have time. You don't have time, bruh. I'm not saying to put your life on a treadmill. I'm not trying to rush you into decisions, but I'm letting you know you don't have time. Don't make that assumption. Anything can happen to anyone at any time. Life don't have no, it doesn't have bias. Solomon straight up said it in Ecclesiastes chapter nine. He was like, look, no one knows when their time for tragedy is coming. The righteous or the unrighteous. Start now. Lock in now. Get clear now. Give your best now. Because once you blink, the young car is going to be stripped from you from the exact same people that were telling you you had all the time in the world. And they'll be asking you why you don't have your life together. Now, I'm not saying that you are accountable for anybody's expectations. They don't live your life. You don't have to answer to no one but God. But if God has given you life, which is a gift, and it is a gift that we know won't last forever, take your time seriously. You're dying. A little morbid, but it's true, y'all. All right, number three. I told you I'm keeping it real on this thing, man. Number three is tell the truth. Always tell the truth to others, of course. But what I think is more important in this is to tell the truth to yourself. So much of my early 20s was spent wanting to want something. There's a quote by Jim Carrey that I love that says, so many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. Let me say that again for just in case you weren't paying attention quite. Just stop what you're doing right now and listen, listen close. The quote says, so many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. Man, that hits. I am just now getting to a point where I am realizing that the fastest way to the life you actually want is to tell the truth. If people ask what you are doing, what you are working on these days, tell them the project that you're actually working on. If they ask you if you want to hang out and you want to instead work on your business, say that in a nice way, of course. If you want to be rich, be honest with yourself that you want to have money. It motivates you. That's okay. As long as you use the money to love the people and don't use the people for your love of money, it's all good, bruh. If ending world hunger isn't your motivator, don't fake it. If you go to church but could care less about God right now, like be honest with yourself about where you presently are. Reflect on your true emotions and desires and assess them and then determine how you want to proceed. I could tell you this with so much assurance. 
sweeping those emotions and desires under the rug is not going to get you anywhere. With the truth comes freedom. Number four, find mentors who don't just have the things you desire, but have the life that you also desire. This was something that I caught on to a little later going into my mid-20s. I started really taking account of the lifestyles of the people that I was listening to. And I was like, wait a second. If I want to have generational wealth, but you have perpetual generational debt, why am I getting financial advice from you? Like, if you don't want to run the marathon in their shoes, don't train with them, bro. But this also goes on the flip side. Plenty of what the world would see as successful people have miserable lives. Ask yourself when you're looking at these mentors or people that you admire, do they have peace? Are they kind? Are they generous? Are they moral? Do they have a loving and thriving marriage if they're married? Do they have quality relationships? Are they accessible? What's their belief system? How's it working out for them? All these different things take into account because if you take advice from someone, that advice is not compartmentalized. I had to realize that. It bleeds. It bleeds into the rest of your life. And if you choose to take advice from someone whose life you may not want because of a particular expertise they have or a particular affinity or closeness they have to you, you got to make sure that you compartmentalize the information. Take it with a grain of salt because all actions and decisions bleed. They spread into all aspects of your life. And you have to make sure that you are okay with that. And if not, you got to do quality control. Number five, y'all really might not like me for this one. You could take it or leave it, but I think this is actually wisdom. You don't have to have an opinion. I wish I realized this earlier in my life. Now, this is something that I did pick up more early, but it was still something that I struggled with. And I think it's something that we really do struggle with in this era of social media, of digital presence, of connectedness online, of immediacy in news and virality. Look, man, speak on what you know. Don't let anybody shame you for being indifferent about something. Just because it bothers someone else doesn't mean it has to bother you. And just because it bothers you doesn't mean it has to bother someone else. We all have something that Dr. Daniels in his book, uh, Your Purpose is Calling, called unique discontent. This is what makes us all special. This is what makes us uniquely designed to accomplish our specific assignment given by God. Two people can see the exact same things and have two completely different reactions to the same thing because we're all designed differently. Just because the world is saying something doesn't mean you have to say something or have an opinion. There are lots of times, especially as a content creator and someone that likes to think and express thoughts, feeling like I had to speak up about things because it might be seen as neglectful if I didn't or if I was condoning something if I didn't or if I was enabling something if I didn't say something. Look, maybe if you don't believe me, uh, you can take some ancient wisdom from from King Solomon. He says it like this in Proverbs 17, verse four, he says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. So basically Solomon is saying, shut up. You don't have to talk all the time. You don't have to have your opinion all the time. He was so serious about it. He said it again in the next chapter. Proverbs 18, verse four, it says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. 
but only in expressing his opinion. Take the time to possibly just not have an opinion. Assimilate the information that's being fed to you. Think about it. Reflect on it. I'm going to say that again. Think about it. Think. Think about it. Reflect on it, not react to it. Formulate your thoughts. And then if you have an opinion, you can express it. But don't feel pressured into having to have a hot take on everything because there are situations and this has happened to me. That's why I'm saying it to you. I'm not just ranting here. You can say something that you felt pressured to say in the moment because you needed to say something or you felt like you needed to say something that you might not want to be a part of your brand or your reputation in the future or something that you might regret later. You realize that you actually don't stand for that or you realize that you could have been hurtful in your words because you spoke with haste. I know it's hard because we live in a hot take society and it could get you attention and it could get you fame and it could get you all these other things because we reward ignorance in this society. But it's okay to take a backseat, not have an opinion, take in information, develop your thoughts, think, think, (laughs) seek wisdom, formulate your thoughts, seek truth and live your life accordingly. Number six. Oh, Lord, this this one. We, we get real. You can't compartmentalize sin. Oh, my goodness. Whatever you feed into your eyes and your ears will manifest itself through your hands. One hundred and ten percent. I used to think that, you know, I could listen to secular music. I could listen to the songs that were talking about all types of crazy things. Almost becoming numb to those crazy things. It's really wild when I listen to old playlist i'm like i was listening to this every day that's crazy i used to think i could watch you know violent and vulgar movies or party recreationally or whatever it was i was thinking way too highly of myself i am not that impenetrable it only takes a matter of time before what you eat comes out of you if you know what i mean guard your heart yes you are going to stand out Yes, you're going to be inconvenienced. You're going to be looking like you're being extra. Who cares, man? A life of freedom is a life of the spirit of God. Stop getting duped by people who live in temporary freedom and then got to go back to perpetual bondage. Choose true freedom, bro. Stop playing. If you want to stop cursing, stop listening to cursing. If you want to stop having sex or watching porn, stop feeding on sexual content. If you want to stop putting stuff out, stop taking it in. I'm speaking this from experience. I'm getting way, way, way more cognizant of what I feed on because it comes out in your hands. And that's why it says in Philippians 4, it says, think on things that are excellent, that are worthy of praise, things that are good, honorable, trustworthy. Think on these things because that's what comes out in your actions. Now, this is not the cure to the cancer of sin. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot more treatment that needs to be done, but it sure is a diet that will start the process of remediation. And the last and final one, number seven, is trust your gut. Now, we call it our gut. I like to call it this God's ugly tracker. Anything that could possibly turn ugly gets tracked by your gut. When your spirit is agitated, when the energy is off, when you feel drained or depleted, listen, (laughs) please, this is all from experience. Listen to your gut. It is not going to be wrong. Like your gut's not going to be wrong, bro. Like 100%, it's not going to be wrong. The problem with our gut 
is that it got a big old bright red override button on the front of it. And because of the pressures that we feel from the world, from our friends, from society, from culture, we just be smacking that override button. Oh, the amount of times that I've hit that override button, knowing good and well that I was feeling sick to my stomach just so that I could please somebody else, just so that I could look cool, just so I could fit in, just so I could not hurt someone's feelings, just so I could not be seen a certain way. All about what I thought other people would think or need or expect of me. I wish that I didn't do that because it's not because my life is bad now. It's because you're going to have to make the right decision eventually anyway. (laughs) And it's harder the next time. (laughs) Way harder. Whether you regret it immediately or whether it comes eventually, the truth will come to light and you'll say, I should have gone with my gut. Don't let the pressure of the world make you override God's ugly tracker, guys. Trust your gut. It's not going to be wrong. All right. That's that's the seven things. If you have something else that you think needs to be added to this list, comment on this episode. I would love to hear from you. As always, until the next time, keep building your vision every single day. Peace. Hey, guys. Clee here. Thanks so much for listening to the Build Your Vision podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would think you did if you stayed all the way to the end. The best thing that you could do to help support this show is by sharing it with somebody. By you just taking a few seconds to recommend this show to somebody, you are making a huge impact, not only on the success of this show, but possibly on that person's life.